beautiful humans, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. We, oh, that's my nice coffee. <laughs> we are here to talk about money, 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 money. I'm so excited for this solo episode with you guys. Obviously, I've had caffeine. I really wanted to have an episode. Well, I want to have several episodes. <laughs> where I talk about money and I talk about making more money. Now, listen, this is something I'm still trying to do. This is something I'm still working on, but I have made a lot of money for other people, a lot. And I have asked for more money in roles and I have, yeah, I have asked for money. And so I wanted to talk about that, how you can do that and give you some concrete tools that I know uh, about when when trying to ask for more money in your role or in your small business. So that's how I'm going to be breaking up this show. First, we're going to talk about why this is important. And then we're going to be talking about how to ask for more money if you're working in a corporate or nonprofit situation, or if you're a small business owner, aka entrepreneur. So why is this important? Why is it important for women to make more money? I think many of you know um, that women are not paid equally, that the pay equity in this country is skewed. Obviously, it's skewed in various ways. So white women are paid more than women of color. And yet, none of us are being paid in nearly every occupation as much as men are. Something that has been incredibly detrimental for the workforce and women in the workforce is (laughs) COVID-19. And if you're listening to this and you've listened to shows in the past, or if you've just been joining, you know, this show, this is your first episode. Welcome. Love you. So happy you're here. I have talked about the impact of the pandemic in so many different areas on this show, but I was looking up some data around this and I found um, the U.S. Department of Labor has put out a lot of information on the impact of the pandemic on women in the workforce. And some of the data that they have released mentions that the pandemic has set the women's labor force participation back more than 30 years due to layoffs and lack of childcare availability for women. Many women were forced out of the workforce entirely to take care of their children, um, something many of us know, and um, many women have been faced layoffs. And this has impacted women of color the most, in particular women of color working in low-wage occupations. Those people have been the most impacted by the pandemic and in particular participation in the workforce. I'm trying to find some recent data, but in February 2021, the women's labor force, um, so women participating in the labor force, 55.8% of women were participating in the labor force, which is the same number as April 1987. So we are facing um, some huge hurdles when it comes to women earning more money or just 
an equitable amount of money to men, but women earning more money in general. So I think it's really, really important to talk about how to ask for more money, how to earn more money, how to set yourself up for success to earn more money. There are tons of other women talking about this and um, they have incredible resources that I follow, but I would encourage you to follow more women talking about how to earn more money or how to negotiate your salary. Um, I've interviewed a couple of them on this show. I'd love to interview more. That's definitely a goal of mine. Uh, But I definitely want to talk about it too. I want to talk about the things I've learned, the small ways um, that you can take action right now to set yourself up to earn more money. Because I do think there are really quick ways to earn money. But I think having the idea of longevity in mind and making sure you're armed with everything you need in order to make that ask is really, really important. So I want to review a lot of that in this episode when it comes to asking for more in your role or asking for more in your small business. So a little bit of a background on me. I work in the nonprofit field full time. This is my passion project, side hustle, if you will. Um, You know, and I'm growing things slowly and steadily and trying to work on my own goals of consistency and, and earning money through this venture as well. But I've worked in the nonprofit field for 12 years now, and I have I am I am not new to the concept of asking for money um, or marketing yourself or asking for more in your role. I currently am the director of donor relations and communications at an organization. So I, I know about the processes of what goes into making these asks. I definitely want to go into in another episode, building relationships with, you know, other businesses and, and relationship building in itself. But I really wanted to focus in on how how to make more money <laughs> in your role. So there are some things that I've outlined that I think are important um, as some baseline steps. So the first thing that I think is really important, and we're going to start with the corporate slash nonprofit world. Uh, the first thing I think that's really important is to understand exactly what your job is. So referencing your job description and having that in mind even if it's a never before implemented role, if it's a new role they created for you, having a job description really laid out and having your responsibilities laid out is incredibly important if you're working for someone. If you don't have something like that, encourage your um, team, the person you're working with, maybe you're, you're working on it together, encourage that to happen because then you have something to base your metrics off of. So say you're going above and beyond in your role and none of the things that you're doing are in your job description. Well, you have a basis to say that your role is changing or maybe you're taking on more responsibility in your job description than you were before. I think it's really, really important to have that mapped out and that data will will help you arm yourself for an ask. So understanding exactly what your job is, is very, very important in order to understand your accomplishments in that role. In addition to that, having goals for your role 
um, you know, understanding what your supervisor is looking for on a quarterly, you know, um, six month or annual basis is really, really important in order to present data to your supervisor when asking for more money. I also want to stress that this is for a lot of women. This might not be an emotional conversation, but depending on your field, there are sometimes there are emotions that are brought into these conversations at times and it can be a very nerve-wracking experience but the the best thing that you can do when asking for more money in any capacity is arm yourself with data so what i want you to do if you're in a situation where you really want to be making more money in your role and you know that you deserve that um log your accomplishments. So set up a Google Doc. There are some templates around this online that you can utilize where you're logging your accomplishments in your role. And I want to challenge you to do this on a monthly basis. So maybe you have one day a month in your role where you are going through and and kind of doing some housekeeping. Log the, the things that you've accomplished in that month and then go back and do that every quarter. And that might seem tedious, but it's going to help you when you get to your annual review or when you get to that period of time where your boss is paying attention to go through your accomplishments, summarize those, you know, really high level moments and offer data in this conversation. When you're asking for something, the people you're asking love, love, love data. Managers love data (laughs) because then there's a clear cut understanding of how you got from point A to point B and all of the great things that you're doing. Some of these things might be easy um, conversations with your manager. You know, you might have the conversation, present this data and they're like, oh, totally. I, I can see how you've accomplished A, B and C in this role effectively. And I know that there's a difference between a raise and a promotion. Some of those things come hand in hand. Um, but if you're simply wanting to ask for more money, you know, really focus on the goals that you've been hitting and the fact that you're doing a great job and performing in your role. I also think understanding the metrics of your company. So understanding how much, how much money your company has, how much money your department has, and, um, you know, how much money they're willing to give you is really important. So definitely do your market research. I'm in a role in my company where I can ask you know, for, for information, but I also work for a nonprofit so I can go online and look and see, you know, I'm privy to a lot of this information in my role, but I can go and look online and see how much my, you know, nonprofit is earning every single year because that's public information. So definitely do your research for roles that are similar to your market and how those companies or organizations are paying those people. That is going to be a very, very important step in this journey of understanding, okay, so here's the gap and here are all of my accomplishments. How can we, how can we get there? Remember that negotiation is a conversation. Um, You're not dictating how this is going to go and neither is your boss. Um, They definitely have the power in this situation, but you're trying to come to a better understanding of, you know, how you can ask for more. 
um, within specific guidelines. You, you know, you're not the creator of this company. You don't pull all the strings. And so I think it's really important to embrace collaboration when you're asking for something. And going back to those metrics, you know, the goals that you've created, the um, log of your accomplishments, your job description, looking at your job description versus your responsibilities and your accomplishments I think it's it's so important because then you can see if your job has changed. There, you know, at a, after a few years in my role at my current organization, um, even after two years, my job had completely changed. What I was hired to do had been escalated times 100. And my role was no longer a management position. It was really, I had taken on quite a bit. And I think that's really important to understand when it comes to your job. Is your job the same? Is it different? Are you um, facing new responsibilities, which is great, but you want to get that credit. And I think it's really important to position yourself in a way where you can say, I love this role. I love the additional work I'm doing. I just want to be better represented under this salary and this title. And if you're presenting the data and you're presenting your accomplishments versus your job description, it really, you know, it's a great case for for what you're presenting and for giving you the increase that you deserve. Also within these conversations, like I mentioned, there's always uh, data versus the emotional aspect of this. Um, office politics can get really nitty gritty. Um, and I think what... How I've dealt with that is by simply asking um, and then trying to have the approach of you catch more flies with honey versus vinegar. The majority of people I've worked with have been um, more emotional. They're on board with an idea, but they need to see data presented to them. So for me, I think really understanding the relationship I have with my supervisors has been very important and understanding that this is a collaborative environment has been really important. I think if you work in the corporate world, it might be a bit different versus the nonprofit world. In the corporate world, I think you can present that data and that metrics and then there's a time where you, you know, ask for an increase or a review and that just happens naturally. Um, I don't really know what um, what some of you might be facing out there in this environment, but if you're um, working in an office that's a little bit more, um, like feelings are more in the mix here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Just building that relationship with your supervisor and having them come to the plate with uh, more of a collaboration and a collaborative process is going to be very, very helpful when you're asking them for something. So say you ask them for a raise and they're unable to give you said raise. Um, You always want to ask a little higher. So there's a bit of a negotiation that can happen. Um, But say they say no. Coming back to them and asking, well, what would be, you know, a happy middle ground? Is there an option for a raise? Is there an option for any sort of um, increase? 
that's going to be the first approach of understanding, okay, well, what are my options here now that I've asked for this? And then understanding that option and then also understanding and asking, well, what would help me get to this number that I've asked for? What are some concrete steps that we can put in place and ways that we can, you know, really implement A, A, B, and C in order to get to a place where I can hit this salary in my role? I guarantee there will be some things they say, but they will have to follow up or maybe they'll know right away. Most of the time, you're going to have to have a follow-up conversation and you will need to be the aggressor on ensuring that these follow-up conversations happen. Maybe it's a span over a few months, better understanding what your role is or a month or so, whatever. But you're going to have to be the person that makes sure these conversations happen, that they're scheduled, it's time on their calendar or in your one-to-one supervision meetings, whatever, that you can talk about these goals that you have and that you can really concretely plan how to increase your salary and your role by hitting certain metrics. That might be uncomfortable, but it is your responsibility to navigate that ship and ask for the ways that this can happen. Now, say you're doing all of this, your boss isn't being responsive, they're not wanting to be collaborative with you, they're not, you know, doing, putting in their work and doing the time to ensure that you can grow. Um, It's not proving fruitful. I think it's time for you to look at your other options because if you're, even if you're in a role that you love, if you're not getting paid what you deserve, guaranteed there are other options out there for you that you can look at. And I know some people just don't want to hear that, but I think that If you're setting up a system where you're tracking your accomplishments, where you're coming to the table, where you're asking, okay, how can I improve upon A, B, and C? Where, how can I get to this place? And your supervisor is not working with you in order to get there. um, There's a lack of care and a lack of um, respect in that case. And there's only so long that you can put up with that kind of Uh, environment in the workplace when you can go somewhere else and be paid, you know, what you deserve and have more of a collaborative process. So you might need to take like a good look at your role, see how you're being treated. And the best option might just be for you to leave. Because if you've, if you've presented your pain points and you've said, you know, hey, I'd love to know how I can do better. And they're really isn't any way that you can improve or make more money or the the cards are really stacked against you and you're not receiving support, you deserve to go find that support somewhere else. A huge part of this whole process is asking for feedback, is asking for, you know, how you can improve, but also expressing your pain points in your role. There is nothing wrong with telling your supervisor and telling, you know, your company, where you might need more support. This is a back and forth. This is not something where, you know, you're doing one thing and you're doing all the work and you're not getting support back. I think it's really, really important for you to express the support that you need in your role. And say you're working off of a commission-based salary. Great. So you know what the parameters of your commission is and and you know what you're working with, but your base salary can have some changes. You can go in and negotiate your base salary and your benefits and 
understand how that can change your um, commission rate and and everything within your rate there. I think if your performance is off the charts or if your performance is even great, you know, there's always room for negotiation, always. And the thing is, all of these people that you're working for are expecting you to negotiate. They're expecting you to ask. Maybe they're uncomfortable with the conversation and they're a little worried about what might happen. But coming in and thinking that you're going to get everything you want um, might not be so realistic. Come in with the best, you know, what would be great, what would be good, and what would be, eh, all right. (laughs) And you're working your way toward the best. I think that I'm not trying to set you up for a worst case scenario. I'm just saying that, you know, this is something people get really defensive around. And maybe it will go great, or maybe it will be more of a negotiation. So I hope this is helpful for you that are working in an office environment. But now I want to pivot to more of um, this on a, on a small business basis. And this can be a show in itself. Um, so I'm going to, you know, maybe keep this one a little bit more brief. But if you are a small business and you want to ask for more money, here are some things that um, have worked in my career of asking others for money and then also things that I've seen other people do. So number one, ask for more. (laughs) So you might want to raise your prices if you are a small business or start if you're starting out, start out with a higher price point in mind. And if that's not an option, look at raising your audience. Look at raising the people who are, you know, buying from you. So one of the best things that you can do for your small business is reach more people, reach a larger audience, sit down and understand who you're targeting. Who are you trying to talk to? What are you offering? So those two things are so, so important. Who are you trying to talk to? Even if it's everyone. I work for a nonprofit. I'm targeting everyone. <laughs> and and yet, I can look at people who have donated to an organization and see the trends and understand who that audience is and understand that there are more of those people out there. If you are just starting out, and you're a small business, try and focus on building an audience. Um, And maybe that's just people who resonate with your authentic voice. Um, But just understand who you're trying to talk to and understand what you're offering. What are you trying to sell to people? What product, what course, what program are you offering to folks? Is it multiple options? When are you offering those multiple options? Are they coming at different times of the year? Are you offering a course that's a group program in the spring and then one-on-ones in the fall? Are you launching products in the summer, but you're really, you know, that's your sweet spot and the rest of the season you're, you know, kind of laying low. What exactly are you offering to people and how can you map out those offers. If it's the same thing all year long, great. So then who do you want to talk to about those offers? Then the next thing you're going to want to do is understand your ask. So how are you asking people to purchase your products? How are they responding? Those two things 
must, must, must correlate. So if I'm asking someone to sponsor this show, for example, I'm asking them to support women's stories and voices. I'm asking them to get behind a number of creators who are women and women of color. But I also have to understand how someone is resonating with that ask. So working on your pitch and understanding exactly what you're asking for and why and how it's being interpreted is really, really important. And the only way that you can do that is through practice. So maybe you have someone who is a safer person around you to practice. Maybe you can practice by yourself and record yourself and understand how your ask sounds. Or you can join a networking group where you're practicing your ask. You can go to other networking events or groups online and practice your ask. Just get out there and practice your pitch. Because if you're not practicing how you're asking people for anything, or if you're not practicing how you're talking to your audience or trying to understand who your audience is, then you're not going to know how to sell. You're not going to know how to pitch your product or yourself. So it's really, really important to understand how you're asking and how people are receiving that ask. And one of the greatest things that we have to help us with that is really social media, because you can look at your metrics. If you start a newsletter, you can look at the people who are opening your newsletter and clicking things like you have so many metrics around you. So start small and and maybe look at, you know, who's responding to what and how they're responding to it. For example, last week I launched uh, the solo episode around the failure resume, and it was unbelievably well received. And I got so many people who really loved that episode. And it's now helping me understand what kind of content that people are resonating with and what kind of content people might want to hear more of, which is obviously refining my ask, helping me understand my audience and who I'm targeting and what I'm offering. So that's just a tiny example of how you can be a bit more reflective on what exactly you're asking. So your ask can obviously change. Maybe you're offering different products, different things. But if you don't know what that is and when you're asking for that thing, how how are you going to do that effectively? So I think it's really, really uh, important to hone in on that. And don't get me wrong, a lot of this can be very scary. It is really scary to put yourself out there and ask, but it's a muscle that we must, must, must practice if we want to make more money. Okay, so if you're offering a product or a service of any kind, the number one thing that you want to make sure is happening is that your consumer, the person interacting with you, buying your product is having the best customer service experience possible. And You might say, Christina, that's a really annoying thing that you just told me right now. And I get it because that's something I have to work on. Consistency and, um, you know, just being there for others in an effective and professional way has been challenging for me in the past. You know, it sometimes feels like you're being pulled in a lot of directions, but Offering great customer service and a great customer experience. So for example, you know, if you're listening to this show, I want to add value to your listening experience. I want you to have fun while you're listening to this show. I want you to learn about new things and new people. 
that is part of the customer service experience. I want you to be able to talk to me, which is why I set up that voice message function now that we have. Um, I want this to be a pleasant listening experience. All of these things go into a great experience which is ultimately customer service. So if someone is buying your product, you wanna make sure they're having a great customer service experience. And I have recommended other businesses to people and they've had really poor customer service experiences and that's made me feel awful because I didn't know until I had that recommendation out there. I knew of these people and I sent you know clients their way and they weren't happy. That is something I... I never, I would not want to hear for my own business and experience and something that I've probably experienced, honestly, like I've probably had people who have not had the greatest experience with me and my, my job and my goal with anything in life is to improve upon that process. So improve that customer service over anything, because what, why is that important? It's because you want people coming back to you. You want people experiencing your services. You want those people who are invested in your product or in your whatever you have to say, whatever you're offering, you want them to come back. You want them to keep experiencing this over and over again um, if you have different products and, and different things out there because then they're going to tell others about a great experience they had with you. If you make things right, if you're there, and if you're offering a great client experience, people will come back and you will be making more money. So having that customer retention and loyalty is really, really important. And that doesn't mean you're being walked all over. It just means that you're valuing the people who are in your audience and valuing the people who are purchasing things from you. So the next thing I want to talk about that for me, comes hand in hand with that customer service experience is your audience and the content that you're creating for people. This is obviously something I'm still working on. All of this is. Um, but these are things that I've learned that have worked. Um, so creating content for your audience and creating digestible content for your audience is so freaking important if you want to grow and make more money. And that audience doesn't have to be on social media it can be through a newsletter or it can be through networking. You know, you can go to different conferences. You can be a part of smaller groups, maybe a bunch of different masterminds. Whatever audience you'd like to approach more, um, say you have, you're selling yarn. You can join knitting organizations um, across the country. Whatever sort of audience that you're looking to cultivate, having content and having um, accessible content that helps people to better understand who you are and what you do is so critical. And the number one thing that you have to understand when you're trying to ask for more and make more money is that relationships take time. This is the thing people just don't talk about. When you're building new relationships, it takes time. You can have a customer purchase a bar of soap from your company, one and done, no problem. But say you're sending a handwritten note to them. They're part of your email newsletter. You're reaching out to them for their birthday or whatever. Those little touch points take time. Say you're trying to interview someone for a show or you're trying to have a speaker come to a conference. You can have that be a one and done. But building a relationship with those people 
and having them bring their audience in, having them become part of your community, that's going to take time. It's not going to be a one and done. It's not an easy fix. Those are genuine relationships that you're trying to build and that's just not going to happen overnight. So play the long game when you're asking for more money and you know, that long game can be calculated into your metrics for your company. But just know that it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes it will. But overnight doesn't mean over years. It means you have to now take that overnight founding of audience members and really try and cultivate them into growing something, you know, more sustainable and full of longevity. So just get in front of more people. And I know that might be hard and you can do this in a bunch of different ways. I literally saw someone on TikTok um, earlier yesterday uh, who was talking about lazy TikToks where you're just taking, you know, videos of landscapes and having text over that. So those are your TikToks um, with with cute music. You can make it happen if you're an extrovert and if you're an introvert. So I think there's a misconception that you have to be really putting yourself out there all the time to grow your audience. No, you can literally like take a video of the ocean and say like 20% off, you know, I don't know, or connect with your audience in a really meaningful way um, and not have to put yourself out there. Or if you are putting yourself out there, it can be in more of an intimate environment. It doesn't have to be on social media. The next thing I really want to talk about is metrics and goals. It is just like in the corporate world. If you're a small business, it is so, so, so important to understand your goals your annual goals, your quarterly goals, your monthly goals, your weekly goals, when it comes to the content you want to put out there, when it comes to who you're reaching out to, and then when it comes to your sales and how much you're growing your business. It is really, really, really important to understand your goals and to create metrics. You can look up templates online. You can see how other people are doing it just through some research, but create goals for your company. Understand how you want to grow. Just putting yourself out there and not having not having any goals to go back to or understanding where you are and what you've done is not going to be beneficial for you. You need to understand how you're trying to make more money and the ways that are working and the ways that aren't working. And then finally, the goal in my mind is always to have more help. So you are not an island. Even if your business is you, you are not an island. You deserve help in anything you're doing. And the goal is to make more money in order to get more help, in order to build, in order to have more people that can help you grow. Having that goal in mind of making more money and asking for more money in order to receive more help to grow is honestly one of the best things I think you can do for your business. I know it's scary to let things go. I know it's scary to have other people help. But if you're going to make more money, you can't do it alone. You can do a lot of things alone. Absolutely. But if you want to continue to grow and really, really scale up to your dreams and the things you want to see out there, you're going to need more people to help you. And making more money will help in getting those people on board. So grow in a smart way (laughs) where you're growing your business so you can grow your team and get to a place where you can pay others more equitably and pay others more money and help other women create more money. Madeline Reeves was on this show 
she changed so much of my perspective around money and her episode was it can it's I think about it all the time she's phenomenal and she often talks about where your money goes your values go so where your money goes that's where it flows into your values that's how you show your values and one of her values has been investing in her team and investing in helping more women make money and that is something that's incredibly important to me too yeah I I really feel like having a goal in mind to get more help, create more of a team, understanding that you're not an island is really, really critical. It's a scary process, I know, but it's going to help you in the long run. So I hope this has been a helpful episode. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you want more content like this, feel free to let me know. I have so much that I can talk about. Also, feel free to send me a voice note if you have any questions around this episode, if you have any comments. The link for that is in the episode description. I just, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you guys and to start this dialogue. Again, I hope this is helpful. If you have any questions around making more money, um, building your your business, asking for more negotiating, I would love to talk about it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining and never forget that your voice matters and that your story matters. And I will see you next week with another phenomenal interview with an incredible woman. And um, don't forget to check out the episode's of others on the Amplify Her media network because there are some incredible women doing some incredible things right now on the network. I will see you next week. Bye, guys. The Amplify Her podcast is a part of the Amplify Her media network. You can check out more shows on the Amplify Her media network over on Instagram at Amplify Her Media.